In this episode, we talk about rules as written versus rule of cool. So stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Roaming Player Gear. Roaming Player Gear is a tabletop gaming company that provides affordable and versatile tabletop gaming products. What I love about their products is that you can purchase any of their dice trays, dice towers, or any other products and use it across multiple gaming systems. For example, if you've been playing D&D for a while, but you now want to start playing Star Wars Legion, you can take the dice trays and dice towers that you've purchased and start utilizing it for Star Wars Legion. In addition to that, you can buy one of their dice trays or dice towers and still have room in your budget to purchase the core rule books or anything else you need for whatever system you're playing. Now, if this is something that is going to interest you and that you and your players are going to be able to utilize, I highly recommend going to roamingplayergear.com, link in the description, and use the code word ROAMING20 at checkout for 20% off your final purchase. Again, that's ROAMING, R-O-A-M-I-N-G, 2-0, to receive 20% off your final purchase. Hey folks, Brian here. So I have a quick little question that I want to ask you all. And obviously, you can comment down below. You can, you know, think about it, email me, message me. Or you can just kind of ponder on it and kind of sit on it. But the question is, do you believe that Dungeons & Dragons or the current tabletop game that you're playing should abide by all the rules that are written? Or should you be able to interpret and adjust those rules as needed? That's the topic that we're going to be talking about today. The rules as written versus the rule of cool debate that's been kind of going on really ever since the start of tabletop role-playing games. I think that this is a really important topic because I've seen so many people on social media, specifically on TikTok, um, talking about how the player's handbook says this or the monster manual says that or even better, the dungeon master's guide clearly says this and something that i always want to learn from folks in the community is how do you see that and then in addition to that i always want to make sure that i'm also giving you my piece of advice based upon my experience so for this episode we're going to talk about the rules as written the rules of cool what are the benefits to having both can we combine it and how to go forward. So without further ado, let's jump on it. First off, let's talk about the definition of rules as written. Rules as written is pretty much self-explanatory. Those are the rules that the folks who created the game, right? The designers who are working on this edition of the game you're playing, in our case, D&D 5th edition, they wrote specific rules and guidelines to how to play this game. They wrote the rules for certain spells. They set in motion the um, design mechanics, right, and features of certain classes, spells, um, other parts of the mechanics like combat, uh, interaction with one another, things of that nature. They pretty much wrote it all down published it and said, here you go, 
here is our official stance on this thing, right? Same thing is applicable to any other system, whether it's Pathfinder, um, whether it's any 5th edition compatible um, rule set, right? So Adventures in Middle-Earth is a great game where you can probably cut, you know, copy and paste rather mechanics from there, but they're still official. There's something that's been um, officially presented and approved of and then uh, sold to the public. So those rules as written are the things that you would read in any of those books and you would essentially interpret it as dogma, right? Now, with rule of cool, or, you know, there's other nicknames for it, but I grew up with rule of cool. The rule of cool is essentially what is going to be that cool thing? What is going to be that um, rule or homebrew, whatever you, mechanic, let's just say, that's going to really make this session cool? But not only that, it goes deeper into it. What is going to really showcase the character? And obviously, this isn't a perfect interpretation because it's based upon my perspective versus other folks. But my perspective on this is pretty simple. The game of D&D, right, any type of storytelling game uh, or in storytelling, uh, especially storytelling, tabletop fantasy, RPG, or you know, whatever, whatever combination of words, sci-fi, RPG, whatever. But if it's a storytelling game, whatever the rules that are there that are written should only, and again, I'm going to underline the word only, be for the benefit of the players. Let me repeat this again. The rules and the mechanics of any game should be for the benefit of the players and their, and their characters. So what do I mean by this? Well, when you have rules as written, oftentimes those are guidelines. Those are how things and, you know, those are how things work. That's how a mechanic can work. That is how a spell can work. And there are very, you know, um, rudimentary things that you can do, right? Um, we know combat, it's, you know, you swing a sword, you roll. If you hit, then you roll damage. and Or, you know, you deal your damage and you roll the dice that are assigned to it or associated with it. Okay, those are rules that would, again, benefit the character. And those are mechanics that I would say, okay, those rules as written are pretty cool. However, when we go further into detail and we, when we start to look at other rules, we start to have open-ended questions, right? We start to think, okay, yes, Divine Smite is considered something written. It's a rule as written, right? There's X amount of D8 that you get, and if there's a fiend or undead, you add another D8, yada, yada, yada. But... Who is to say that in the world that you and your friends are playing in, that you can't do something more whimsical and more um, enthralling? Why couldn't you add a couple of more D8s? Because that paladin is a force of nature. Whether for good or for evil, they are a force of nature, and whatever damage they deal is insane. I know a plenty of places and plenty of stories and uh, settings that would benefit from this. For example, Curse of Strahd. 
you're dealing with vampires and werewolves. You're dealing with quote-unquote evil creatures. So why couldn't the cleric or the paladin, when dealing radiant holy damage, gain a little extra damage? Why couldn't they deal, rather, a little bit of extra damage? There's really nothing written that says you can't. And that's what I'm trying to talk about today in the podcast, is that the rules as written, although great, they lay the foundation for what you as a player and you as a DM need to build upon. So, what is my recommendation? What do I say about all this? I personally think that we need to take the rules as written as constructive, number one. They help us build the game. They help us build our characters. But the rules as written should also be considered foundational. They're the things that allow us to build upon our character and to develop further the characters and the story. So what I would recommend to all of you first and foremost is take the rules as written as a guideline, as a foundational piece that you need to build your character. Whether you're using D&D Beyond or whether you're using more traditional means of just the player's handbook and kind of going more manual, use those rules to build upon. And from there, once you lay that foundation down, I want you to take any homebrew rules that you and your dungeon master create. I want you to take the setting in which you're playing in. Whether your game master is playing in a low magic a uh, classic noir world, or maybe even a high fantasy, high magic type world, whatever it may be. I want you all to take those things into consideration and build upon the foundation. For example, if your world is a you know classic noir, um, goth, horror style game, You may want to take that into consideration and perhaps play towards that, right? You may want to play a Radiant Cleric. You may want to play something else. I don't know. But you're going to want, you want to build upon that. The rules as written, in my opinion, can, if you're being too dogmatic, can cause you, the player, and the DM to not enjoy the game. In fact, I think if you as an individual were to keep the rules as written as the only thing in consideration, you in fact start to not tell a story, but you start to crunch numbers. And that's something that we saw a lot, I and again, I saw this a lot in 4th edition, where it was start, starting to become very numbers crunchy and not story driven. And that's why I think rules as written can sometimes hinder us, right? It can hinder us from telling a story because we have to follow certain rules in order to do the thing correctly, right? Whether it's to cast the spell in order to do XYZ, or you are doing some sort of mechanic in order to, you know, you get what I'm saying, right? You are doing this thing and following the rules in order to have an outcome. However, Why should that happen? Why should we do that? And why are we doing it? And I think it it boils down to this. When we look at a game, we often think of it as a game versus a story. In this case, yes, we have dice, we have numbers, we have all these different things, but D&D is really a story-based game. 
It's a storytelling game. It's a collaborative storytelling game with you and your friends. So why are you going to sit there and crunch numbers and really be dogmatic about rules when those rules are just there to help you? I mean, in the Dungeon Master's Guide and the Player's Handbook and Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, just three books from official Wizards of the Coast D&D production say that the rules are just there, right? They're guidelines. They're there for guidelines. Specific rules are more important than general rules, which again, specific rules can be homebrew rules, right? If you have a homebrew rule that's specific towards combat and how magic is dealt, that's going to be the rule that trumps everything. It's going to triumph over everything, right? And I think that when we consider that perspective and when we approach the rules in that manner, we start to think of the game differently. I think in addition to that, if we start to see the world as a story that we're telling and that the character is there to tell a story, then technically anything that would hinder them is not going to be something that um, is going to stop us, right? Let's say a certain role or a certain mechanic would, that would hinder the character from a mechanic combat perspective. Okay, that may happen, but it also from a storytelling perspective may not hinder them. Let's take the example that recently or the topic that recently occurred with, um, I believe it was wheelchairs specifically. A lot of folks um, on both sides of the coin, so to speak, of the argument were for and some were against having wheelchairs in D&D. I kind of laugh at that because, and not in a cruel way, I laugh at the fact that that's even a debate. This is a D&D fantasy world, right? Well, D&D, if you're playing D&D, but, <laughs> you know, you get what I mean. This is a RPG. This is a role-playing game. We are playing a game with our friends. If you want to have a combat wheelchair, if you want to have a wheelchair that's not combative, whatever, go for it. Create it. You do that thing that you want to do. Hence the reason rules as written versus rule of cool and homebrew rules are going to triumph, right? The rule as written, there's nothing in the rule book that says you can have a wheelchair. But there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't have a wheelchair. And that's why I love rule of cool. That's why I love homebrew rules versus strict dogmatic rule as written or rules as written, excuse me. It gives us the freedom to express our characters in such a way that's unique that the game mechanics that were originally created can't comprehend nor can it contain us. And that's why I want to encourage you all to really go and become homebrewers, become folks who create things, whether, you know, whether it's something that's a masterpiece or whether it's a simple rule like, you know, every person can have a familiar or every character can have a pet or a mount or whatever, no matter what class, even if it's that small of a homebrew rule. I want to encourage you all to follow that path. Because at the end of the day, this story, this game that we're playing, really, is a story. Yes, there's numbers. Yes, there are things that we need. But at the end of the day, how important is that? 
if we were to take away everything, right? And this is something I do as practice. If I were to take every mechanic away from the game, if I were to take every combat mechanic, every interaction, dice, whatever, do I still have a story? If I do still have a story, then I have succeeded as a dungeon master, I've succeeded as a player, and I've succeeded as a storyteller and world builder. Because that means that everything is still there and my players can still play. We can still make believe and pretend together. If I can't have my world with, you know, without those mechanics or whatever, if I if if I need certain mechanics in order for things to happen, then I believe as a dungeon master, storyteller, world builder, etc., then that I have failed my players. I believe that if I'm reliant upon rules, especially as they're written, I have failed in my imagination. What do I mean by that? In my imagination, I create these constructs, right? We all do. That's this part of our imagination. If we're reliant upon something else other than our imagination to tell a story, then is that truly telling a story? Now, I'm not knocking anyone down who needs rules, right? There are a lot of folks who need rules in order to have fun. And that's okay. That's totally acceptable. And in fact, if you're that type of person, I encourage you to seek out games that have um, folks who believe that rules as written or have a little bit more um, disciplined rule set and to pursue those. It may be a role-playing game. It may not be. It may be more of a tabletop miniature war game that you might get more enjoyment out or out of, excuse me, and then add a little bit of lore and flavor to it. Kind of like Warhammer, right? Warhammer is a tabletop miniature strategy wargaming. But they have done an amazing job at creating lore. I mean, granted, they've been around for, you know, 30 plus years or so, if, if my memory serves me. So they've had enough time to build lore. But if you are the type of person that needs rules, that's awesome too. That's great. That That is something that we still need rules, right? We still need rules to abide by certain things and to create the character, so to speak, right? From a mechanics perspective, we don't want to create something, you know, we don't want to create this cool character and not know how they express themselves mechanically, whether through combat or interactions, whatever it may be. We don't want them to not have that ability. But what I'm saying is when you create rules, you create that structure and you're so dogmatic and you're so stuck in your ways, you're missing out on the other part of the game and the other part of the story. So I highly encourage this. First and foremost, take those rules, keep them and think of them as a foundation. From there, any homebrew rules, any setting rules, anything that you're done, you and your dungeon master and the players at the table create together, whatever those rules and things may be, build upon that and consider that to be the meta, right? Consider that to be the thing to achieve and to strive for and to maintain at all costs. Because if a, let's say you, you cast a wish spell, right? And you wish for something that is going to break the game. 
mechanically, there's a potential you can do that. However, if you break the game, what's going to happen to the story? What's going to happen to the world? Obviously, that's something between, you know, that's going to be very intimate and very specific towards you. But if you're going to impact that world by casting that wish, that might be something you might consider. You might consider wording in a different way. But again, if you're considering the world, the homebrew rules and the story itself over the rules as written, especially for this example of the wish spell, I would commend you. And I would say that that's what you should be doing. So again, consider that. Build upon the foundation, which are the rules as written. Add the homebrew rules. Add the context of your story and the world that you're playing in. And build upon that and really have that be the highest layer, the thickest layer, the, you know, the pinnacle of everything. And concentrate on that. Because at the end of the day, you can always go back to the player's handbook or the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Monster Manual, or any of the other books to really clarify on that rule, right? You can create a system where you ask your DM or the DM interacts with you to clarify a specific spell or some form of combat that you're just not aware of. You can always do that. You can always go back to the book. But you can't really retcon something in a story without making it feel awkward and without removing the emotion that was attached to that decision. So without further ado, folks, be sure to stick to that. Be sure to think about that, ponder that, and go back to the question, right? If I were to take away everything about my game, strip it completely of mechanics and rules, is there still a story? And if that is and if that's a yes, you are at a better place than most people are. I appreciate y'all listening to this episode of the podcast. As always, be sure to um, subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review. Check us out on social media as well and give us a like and follow. If you did enjoy this, leave a uh, comment with your five-star review. That just helps us gauge what y'all like to hear and also increases um, the tabletop community algorithm. It actually promotes tabletop gaming and the hobby itself. So without further ado, thank you all so much. We love you here. Um, we're here for you. We're here to help. But most importantly, we're here to just be a community and to be um, to really just be part of the community. So we really thank you for letting us continue to be part of the community. We love you. Be compassionate to one another. Be kind to one another. But as always, folks, keep gaming. Mm-hmm.